you know, the gluten-free industry is one of the biggest farces today. I mean, it's a billion plus dollar industry and most of the food is junk filled with processed chemicals and things like, okay, it might be gluten-free, but you're now late loaded with pesticides and you're loaded with genetic modification and just, hey, tapioca starch shouldn't be your bread. I mean, where did that go wrong, right? Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, heal your thyroid and autoimmune issues, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, the Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of Waste Away, visit ChantelRayWay.com slash podcast and you'll automatically get 20% off the book, audiobook, recipe book, coaching, and Inner Circle Facebook group. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, Aaron here. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that you can find our full podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Not only do you get to see Chantel and our guests, but you also get to see any charts, graphs, or pictures that we may mention. Search Chantel Ray Way on YouTube or click the link in the show notes. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayWay.com slash coaching. As always, enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode, and I'm so excited because we have a repeat guest, Dr. Eric Z. and if you missed his first episode with us, you really need to go back and listen because we answered a lot of really good questions that first time around, um, but today we have even more exciting news because you're in for a double treat because we've got his other half, Sabrina, a.k.a. Mama Z, is joining us as well. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us. So excited to be back. <laughs> well, it's so funny because we had a couple people, we had posted that you guys were coming back and they were just like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So it's great that you're here. Now, just in case you've been living under a rock, Dr. Eric Z and Mrs. Z, um, they are the authors of the best-selling uh, book called The Healing Power of Essential Oils. He and his wife, Sabrina, founded DrEricZ.com, and in just four years, they've reached six million visitors per year, and their, their site is the number one source for biblical health and non-branded essential oils education online. So we're so excited. Anything new going on since the last time we talked? We have lots of different projects going on right now that we are so excited about. Not just the book, The Essential Oils Diet, which we're super excited about, but the practical applications of the book in um, our um, my Italian class, my gluten-free, allergy-friendly Italian class, and a salads class. And these are like an HGTV um uh, I don't know, quality, which is a lot of fun, but also um, our gardening class and an exercise class that's coming out that reaches um, people in all their fitness walks. Awesome. Now, in your opinion, why do you think Americans are so overweight? We are fixated on quantity and we've left go of quality. That's just mm. the bottom line. And as respectful to say, and I, I, I definitely honor what Dr. Atkins has done in a lot of different areas, 
yet, you know, the ghost of Dr. Atkins still haunts us where we're fixated with the amount of carbs and calories and fats and proteins and folks aren't looking at really what's in the food. You know, the gluten-free industry is one of the biggest farces today. I mean, it's a billion plus dollar industry and most of the food is junk filled with processed chemicals and things like, okay, it might be gluten-free, but you're now late loaded with pesticides and you're loaded with genetic modification and just, hey, tapioca starch shouldn't be your bread. I mean, where did that go wrong, right? So the reality is we're, we've been on a mission to help people have food freedom again because people are trapped. Somehow apples became bad for them and people don't know about fruits anymore and they're really paranoid about grains and the foods our ancestors ate since the beginning of time has become outlawed in a lot of circles and we're like, you know what, let's, let's get to the science and not only just science but let's go back to our ancestral roots and take more of a common sense approach to helping your body reach your ideal weight. Mm. Now, how do you think that essential oils can help people get past the bad habits and traps that they know are preventing them from living their best life? Well, one of the great things that essential oils does is it can really help curb some of the cravings mm-hmm. and bad habits. And um, it's really neat how um, clove and black pepper and um, uh, peppermint together actually really help. Even in the diffuser can help, but you can make things like quit sticks and that people use to even quit smoking, but also it helps curb those um, cravings that people get, especially when they're detoxing from sugar because sugar detox is real. And we've watched people go through it and it's nice because essential oils can really help you get over the hurdle part of the process in trying to transition your lifestyle into something a lot healthier. And in your book, you say slow metabolism is not a scapegoat. What do you mean by that? You know, there is little evidence little evidence to support that slow metabolism is a factor in weight gain. And in fact, um, the Mayo Clinic and other researchers have gone on record to say that people that are overweight actually have a a higher metabolism. And Mm. what is metabolism? And when you look at it, the definition of metabolism is the sum of chemical processes required for you to live. I mean, this is pretty basic stuff when you're considering the amount of energy required to keep your heart pumping and you breathing and you blinking your eyelids and your skin regenerating your immune system function. That's metabolism. Going Mm. back to ninth grade biology, mitochondrial function. Remember the ribosomes and the little mitochondrial stuff we used to do in, in, in biology class? That's metabolism. So if your metabolism, if, if the sum processes and the energy required to sustain life, if, if that is being monopolized and I should say even distracted because of the foods that we're eating, toxins that we're putting on our skin, thoughts that we have that are negative, depression, anxiety, things that trigger hormones and neurological responses that are seen as the body as a threat, the metabolism essentially becomes monopolized now. And instead of burning fat, reaching ideal weight, you're barely surviving. And that's really the bottom line. You're barely surviving because of the onslaught of toxins, of chronic inflammation. And when you shift, when you shift your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, your body can do what God designed it to do and it starts to heal. And then instead of always being in this fight or flight response, the body starts like balance weight. And when you look at a toxin as 
the body does. The body sees whether it is a virus or a paraben that you see in your skincare, whether it's a pesticide or whether it's a bacteria. Any foreign threat will cause inflammation and the body will do whatever it needs to do to get rid of that. Well, what happens to that little extra piece of cake you ate yesterday? That kind of just gets luck over there in your tummy and the body can't focus on that. And when you think of it in those terms, it makes a lot of sense that we need to start focusing on things that help boost your metabolic function, but essentially ease the burden so you're just not always, quote, surviving. So one of the things that people always ask us is, is what, you know, what can we do first? You know, this is a lot of information and all of that. And we know we need to work on that toxic overload. But like, what are some of the things that we can do that are the low hanging fruit? Mm -hmm. And one of the two best things is to get rid of any of your aerosol fresheners, your plugins, any of those things that have non essential oil related um, smells to them. That's perfume, all of these things that mimic the things that are in nature but have absolutely no benefit and actually can cause a lot of um, neuro dysfunction as well as um, contributes to hormone issues and other things like that. So really getting rid of that. You know, replace those things with diffusers and, um, you know, there's ways to make it easy. But also um, your hand sanitizer. We know that 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 contains triacyclican, which is a registered pesticide, and we're literally killing off all the good bacteria on our skin over and over again. And it, it is it's it's helping not only cause superbugs that are harder to get rid of, but it, it's also causing um, what my husband likes to call, and he'll probably talk about this for a moment, but leaky skin. We heard of leaky gut, but what about leaky skin? And so it really goes into show. Our, our skin is our largest organ and whether we're breathing it in um, or walking through a room that has all these um, air fresheners and things like that or putting it on our skin, it all makes a difference. Not only what we put on our skin and what we put in our skin, but the things that are around us and in our environment too. Mm. Yeah, I have removed, like I will not put on any perfume besides essential oils, um, I've really, I don't use any kind of candles or anything like that. I've removed all that. The one thing I was thinking about is, uh, as far as shampoo, I was starting to look and I, even though I use like organic shampoo, I was still looking at some of the shampoo I look, am using. Uh, what is your opinion? Is, do you guys have like a, a shampoo that you guys love or do you guys make your own or... I, we do a combination, and one thing is, is we and we have a good um, recipe for um, shampoo, homemade shampoo on the website, which you do mm. need to do an apple cider vinegar rinse. But I always recommend alternating that because you, whatever you use is going to have some sort of buildup of what of one thing or another, and um, it's really important to have something good, but have it tailored to your needs. So one of the things I like to recommend is using um, the unscented um, uh, the um, Desert Essence Organics, and then um, basically putting the essential oils that your hair needs in um, in with the shampoo. So it's six to eight drops for every one ounce. So for instance, for me, because I had had um, a lot of hair loss due to a molar pregnancy years ago, and now it's it's thickened out and it's grown out quite a bit since then, but rosemary, peppermint, 
lavender and um, tea tree are a really good combination because it helps stimulate the follicle growth and it helps to relax anything going on, which, you know, and opening up those hair follicles so that those other ones are received really well. And the tea tree is good for overall balance. So that's what I use in my hair, and I actually do the dropper right in there. You can either do that right in there because that is a pet plastic, um, and it can uh, withstand the essential oils, or you could easily squeeze it out into a glass pump container, add your essential oils, shake, and go. And I do that both mm -hmm. with the unscented shampoo and conditioner, and that uses a, a coconut-based surfactant instead of a sodium laurel, sodium laureth. And, and people have to be really, really careful because even if it says – no um, sodium laurel sulfates, it still might be sodium laureth sulfate, which is a cousin, and all these other ones that are kind of in the same family. So um, it's good to make your own and then alternate it with one that you have that'll really help with the clean cleaning and cleansing of the hair. I love how you guys talk about the fact that there's no oils that you're just going to pop in and you're going to be skinny mini. Um, but what would you say are the essential oils that really help you curve cravings, curb cravings and uh, just food addictions? Anything that kind of helps with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we, we have to get to the root cause, too. I mean, what is it that's causing the addiction or the craving? And most common right now is over rampant blood sugar and people are just consuming way too much sugar we have insulin insensitivity and the body's craving more and more sugar and you just can't get enough so using cinnamon bark essential oil mm -hmm. inhaling it ingesting it properly we give all the recipes in the book of course but using cinnamon bark essential oil can be very effective because it actually helps um, insulin receptors be more sensitive to insulin, which is great. It could help reverse type two diabetes. People even with type one diabetes have been helped. I'm not saying it can, we have no research to claim that it can cure type one, but it could definitely help insulin sensitivity and other blood sugar balancing issues. That's one and black pepper is a key oil because it's been shown to help reduce the addiction cascade regardless of what people are addicted to. And we gotta remember addiction's addiction. And whether it's to sex, whether it's to money, whether it's to food, whether it's to drugs, addiction's addiction. And there's a, there's a mechanism that happens in the brain at the neurological level that if you could do anything to reduce the withdrawals and even cell phones, we talk a lot about that in our book, being free from the addiction of our cell phone, yes. essential oils can help reduce the withdrawals so you're not, you know, jonesing for that next hit. That's the bottom line. And yes. so those are two essential oils. So we have, um, like Sabrina actually mentioned, we could give the recipe. Yeah, How about I think you get, because you mentioned yes, the quit, quit stick. sticks. Yeah, give the recipe. Okay. So um, you're going to use a one ounce measuring cup or a shot glass. You're going to put 20 drops of black pepper essential oil, 10 drops of grapefruit, uh, five drops of peppermint five drops of orange, five drops of cinnamon bark yep. essential oil, and then of course the carrier oil. And you're gonna, you know, fill that up. And you're, what you're gonna do is you're going to put 50 to 75 toothpicks in there. And then, have you ever seen those reed diffusers where they, yeah, so it's same kind of thing. It's gonna suck it up through um, those little sticks. And then you basically have those um, for, you know, that, that hand, you know, mouth thing. So if somebody's- Oral fixation. Yes, A oral lot of fixation. people are addicted yep. to eating and smoking. Yeah. They just want things in their mouth a lot. And some people, helps. it's even, even coffee. 
And, you know, yeah. when you boil it down, um, people will say, oh, it, it's that taking a warm something and putting it up to your, your mouth. So you're taking the stick. So you would literally like take the, sni- the stick and just kind of wave it under your nose. You, suck it. you can suck it. Like suck we're talking it. like you chew on your, you chew on a toothpick, like you yeah. go to a diner. Yeah, but yeah. you have to let the toothpicks dry, let them dry overnight, and you just, whenever you feel a hankering, mm-hmm. you put the toothpick in your mouth, you suck on the toothpick, you, that's a safe way to ingest the oil, right. but you chew on the toothpick, but it helps because a lot of people, they just snack all day long. Mm-hmm. Well, no, chew on a toothpick for a few minutes and right. see how that helps you. And we've helped people quit smoking, quit yeah. sugar, get off of drugs, and this is just, you know, one little thing that could help. Right. So um, one thing you can do too is taking a bottle, like a bottle like this, adding these essential oils so you have a good blend, and then also using that in your diffuser. So you can use that four to six drops um, for, you know, a normal diffuser that you would have that's filled with water, and then you'd have that same kind of thing. So for for one of our our people, um, they were um, doing sewing all day long in front of their sewing machine, smoking all day long and that was part of what they did so she had the quit sticks and she would have it in her mouth but then she had her diffuser um, you know and she well ventilated room but it was on the the corner of her desk and between all of that it helped her over a month period be able to quit smoking and she had been smoking for over 20 years Wow. Well, we've got two questions that um, I just keep getting over and over again. And one of them is about the how do I know if an essential oil is edible or not? Do I have to use, you know, Young Living? Do I have to use this? How can I, like if I went to TJ Maxx, how would I know if this is an ingestible uh one or not ingestible because of the brand. Yeah, and it's really based off of purity. So in theory, all essential oils, beside a few that are just known to be neurotoxic or toxic like wormwood and bitter almond, things you can't even buy. Like you can't even buy those at the store. Um, All essential oils that you buy at the store are theoretically safe to consume and all depends on dosage. So it all, you know, like, what do you think flavors your Coca-Cola and your root beer? Little micro doses of essential oils. The difference is when you're putting one, two, three, four plus drops and now it becomes a medicinal dose. So when we're dealing with medicinal doses, you there is a shorter list that are safe to consume. But you know, the Food and Drug Administration has a list of over a hundred essential oils that they recognize as safe in food consumption. And we list that, they're on our website. Go to naturallivingfamily.com, type up internal use, and you have a whole article and all the list. And so the, the core issue is, is the oil pure? And so you need to do a little bit of research. And we are non-branded, meaning we, we don't associate ourselves with any company by design. And that also gives us a very nice freedom to speak about the true healing mechanism. Because if we were aligned to a particular company, we wouldn't be able to say words like obesity, diabetes, or cancer. We would have to use generic terminology that quite frankly is a little restrictive and confusing. So you need to find, and there are ways, we talk about that on the website and in our book, The Essential Oils Diet, how to find a good brand. And you just wanna make sure it's pure not adulterated, no synthetic ingredients. It's not that hard. And there are several companies that have pure essential oils. 
And as long as it's a pure essential oil, your lemons, your lavenders, your peppermints, a lot of these oils are very, very safe to consume. And in general, um, the herbs and the spices and the mints and things that you consume, the, the citrus that you consume in, in your culinary dishes, you know, a teaspoon of peppermint, a teaspoon of cinnamon bark, that kind of stuff equates to essential oil. And it's not a teaspoon of essential oil, it's two or three drops of essential oil per teaspoon, depending, or to replace a teaspoon of an herb or a dried powder or something like that. So again, we cover all that stuff in the book, but yeah, it is very, very safe to consume, um, but it has to be done well within just good minute doses. So we yeah. go we go over on um, the article that he mentioned. I, I people ask me all the time, and I end up you know sending them this link. But if they just type how to buy, um, it it'll actually go over all the points um, you know that he just said, and it kind of explains it even in more depth as well. Okay, and now another question that people ask all the time is that they're like, you know, I, I read this one article and it says, you know, don't eat any gluten. This one says, don't eat any bread. This one, another person said, you know, if bread is so bad for you, why is it mentioned in the Bible so much? And so I want you guys to give your opinion about gluten and bread. And we have it's true. You know, you can read 100 articles and, you know, 50 of them will say one thing, 50 will say something else. Yeah, I battled with that. I really did. Um, you know, there's a concept in aromatherapy called sensitization, which we got, let's put things in context. You know, you're not going to go into a lavender field and see a pool of lavender. You know, it's highly processed. It takes up to 30 some pounds of lavender just to get an itty bitty bottle of lavender. So when you're thinking in those terms, if you put essential oils on your skin undiluted in its pure unadulterated form, there's so much chemical interaction that can happen with your skin. The skin might interact in a negative way and say, whoa, this is too much, right? And it, it's known as a contact dermatitis, an allergic reaction. The same thing can happen with gluten. And the problem with today's wheat in America specifically is that today's wheat has been hybridized to consume mass amounts of gluten because it makes the breads and the pastries fluffy, a little tastier, a little gooier. We like that in America. Um, but you got to ask yourself, why don't other countries import our wheat? <laughs> why has Russia banned our pork? Why has other countries banned most of our foods? They won't eat it. How is it possible that celiacs, people that are allergic, clinically allergic, not sensitive, allergic to gluten, go to Italy and eat whatever they want and they're fine? Right. Italian paradox. It's because what we eat in America isn't really food anymore. It's been hybridized, genetically modified, and or processed to a point, sprayed with glyphosate-based Roundup, which is ancient orange from Vietnam, and it's just chemically ridden. So there's nothing wrong with gluten there's something is wrong with the mass amounts of gluten. So why I mentioned sensitization is what's happened. You look at your bread and it shocked me once I started looking at the labels. Again, quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. Look at your bread, the ingredients, you know, unbleached or bleached, enriched wheat flour and gluten. Like why are you adding more gluten to the wheat? And you'll see that across the board. So we have caused sensitized bodies to, to over gluten or essentially we've over-glutenized ourselves and the body's rejecting it as a culture because it's everywhere. 
It's in your soy sauce. It's in your cereals. It's in your condiments. It's in everything now. And so we've become a victim of strong misrepresentation and bad education. And so to get people off of that train, you kind of got to avoid it for a season to heal. Some people are sensitized to the point where they'll never be able to go back. And that's happened to my aromatherapy instructor. She can't be around peppermint. She at one point, um, you know, one thing led to another and she used peppermint a little too much. And she was, you know, she told me the story. She's like, now peppermint will give her a headache. Mm. Um, And that happens in gluten. So some people might, and I believe though, and I'm hoping that people can go back to eating the good proper grains, like icorn wheat, known as man's first wheat, the wheat that's been pre-hybridized, the wheat that has natural amounts, good minimal amounts of gluten in it, and healthy, very, very healthy for people. And one thing we see too is when you look at the evolution of human civilization, people have you know, lived on grains since the beginning of time. Um, they still are a main staple in most cultures of the world. So we have to look at us as Americans be like, what did we do wrong? Mm. And that will enlighten you. So a season of abstinence, that's why in our book, The Essential Oils Diet, we have a two-stage program. The first stage is somewhat of a boot campy type of very restrictive stage. No alcohol, no coffee, no grains, no gluten. Why? We need to bring healing. And people, we try to get back to the point where you can have the normal amounts, healthy amounts of grains back in your diet. But some people, again, they become sensitized to it, but it can be reversed. So what I decided to do, because I've heard that so many times about people who I had friends that they're like, you know, if I eat bread here, I feel absolutely terrible. And then they'd go to France, they went to Italy and they're like, I ate all the bread I wanted. You know, I didn't have any psoriasis. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. I felt like a million bucks. And I don't like flying that much. I do it, but I don't like like long, long flights. So I decided to go buy some, uh, I imported the flour from Italy that was like organic and this that I knew that was made in Italy, bought my own bread maker and made my own bread here locally. So I just imported the, and then put all organic ingredients and ate it and I was totally fine. But, um, you know, I don't do well with, you know, just, you know, if you gave me a piece of Wonder Bread, I'd be, you know, out cold on the floor. <laughs> me too. I, the, those type of things actually give me, I, I feel like I'm choking. And um, yeah. and I, I definitely had, had really had even more. Like he can eat a lot of that stuff and I still, I have to stay away from it. Mm. Well, before we get started with our listener questions, I've got to talk to Sabrina for a minute because she has such an amazing body. You need to stand up and show everyone um, how great your body is. And I know that you have several kids, um, and but you've been very transparent in your book talking about your struggle with disordered eating and bulimia. And um, let me ask you, what kind of broke you free from that cycle? Well, um, I definitely, so I had, um, it was very interesting. I knew that I was allergic to certain foods 
and um, in the process of it, but because I wasn't sure exactly what it was, um, it wasn't actually, and I'll go full circle with this, it wasn't until I met Dr. Z that I actually learned about anti-inflammatory eating. Like there were certain things I had ruled out in my body that would make me sick, but I, it was, I had terrible stomach problems even as a child. And um, my stomach, I literally, as, a, as an infant, two years old, I, was, I had chronic diarrhea. I filled my shoes every day, literally. And that was, that was how it happened. I had gone on an elimination diet and they were feeding me all whole grains and stuff like that. But as I, we found out later, you know, that was still bothering me. And, you know, years later, I was on all these medicines and... Um, I had ended up doing a water fast, which got me off of the medicines, but I still didn't know what was bothering my stomach so bad. So I would know, like if I had to eat out with customers at restaurants, I would always get sick. And so I got in, in just a cycle of knowing that I had to be certain places and I would literally make myself vomit because I knew I would get sick on the foods that I had had. And you know, you can't purge all of that. So it just wouldn't be as bad. And it was just a recurring cycle. And, and throughout the time, I was actually gaining weight, um, which is kind of crazy to even think of. But I didn't know. And I knew something had to break. And literally, I knew that I couldn't do any kinds of dairy. I knew that I could not do any kinds of sugar. But at that time, that's when the, um, the um, oh, what is the, uh, the sweetener? Um, Aspartame or Splenda? Or? Splenda. That was when Splenda came out, okay? <laughs> and the thing was is I realized I couldn't do this Splenda thing. Everybody was doing Splenda, and I would do it, and I couldn't feel my tongue the next day. Every day after, I couldn't feel my tongue. So I knew I couldn't do that. So I'm like, am I only going to be able to eat like certain foods? I was down to eating like four different kinds of foods that didn't make me sick mm. because I didn't know the other parts of the story. So I met him. He ended up being like an answer to prayer. And, you know, I grew up as a daughter of a culinary um, cooking expert and an herbalist. And so she made beautiful foods, but a lot of the things had inflammatory ingredients in it to make all the connections and all the sauces and butters and all these different things. So when I met him, it literally took that breaking. He made a lot of my food the first couple months, but everything he made was green or brown. Literally, it was super healthy. And I dropped like 20 pounds really within that first month. But I knew that I needed to survive on more than this green and brown stuff, especially being, you know, a daughter of a culinary herbalist. And so I started looking at recipes and I, I prayed that God would show me exactly what to do. Because um, when you looked at all these awesome recipes and 15 years ago, they didn't have quite the substitutions that they do now. But I started substituting recipe by recipe and making sure that all of the ingredients were life-giving. And those ingredients, those recipes that I had grown up with that I loved, that even though I loved them and they didn't love me back and hurt my stomach, event, I could have these things and not be in pain. Mm. And I knew that more people had to be suffering from these kind of things than just me. And so as things went around, we just started, um, when I was pregnant with my first, uh, my husband had given on my super greens container, he wrote mama Z, my baby making machine. And it was a stick figure with a big diamond ring. And uh -huh. I'm a, I'm a fantastic artist. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's a good painter though. Don't let him fool you. So after, once I started converting things, just so I would know that which recipes were converted, I would put Mama Z's this or Mama Z's this. That way I knew that I had already converted them. So now that years later, you know, 15 years later, um, we've had so many people who it, it's opened their eyes to look at some of their good family recipes that they've had or they've shared with me and then they've made those same conversions, really eliminating those inflammatory ingredients and putting life-giving ingredients back into their foods. I love that you say that life giving. I love that. That's that's really awesome. I personally, my when I was in college for about four or five years, I really struggled with bulimia. For it was about five, a five year span, and I talk about that in my book as well. So it's nice to see people who are transparent and really can talk about that and how they've been healed. You mentioned a t- speaking of healing. You mentioned a ten day water fast in your book, and I just finished writing my book called Fasting to Freedom. It's all about biblical fasting and um, doing extended fasting and extended longer fast. Um, So what is your reasoning for doing the water fast? And Eric, do you do it too? And, you know, do you guys do it together? Talk about your extended fasting. Well, um, so my pastor, my favorite pastor used to talk about um, the dynamics of fasting, the Isaiah 58 fast. And I really started studying those scriptures and I knew I got, I was on 10 different prescription drugs. Um, Mm -hmm. and this was, you know, 15, um, odd years ago and I'd gotten off of one, uh, but I knew God wanted to free me of all of those. And I just believed that I was to the point, and I know not everybody would get off of all those kind of drugs and all that kind of stuff, but I, I, I knew in my heart that I was ready and I'd been praying and, um, and literally I didn't know I was going to be on that fast for 10 days. But when I did, um, I made, I made relationships, right. I went back to different people that I had issues with, or they had issues with me. And I, um, you know, I just, I got freed on the emotional level. And then, you know, I really was studying, um, the Bible in all the time. And I was studying all the promises that God would bring forth healing speedily, like it says in Isaiah 58 and the different things that went along with the promises that God had given in that, in that time and really stood on those scriptures. And I watched like just my body change, like on days three and four, I saw black stuff coming out of my pores Mm. and it must've been heavy metals of some sort, but like my body was literally purging itself of these things. And so, um, I, you know, I've done smaller water fasts, um, it just periodically. And we both have, um, one of the ones that we like to do, um, that we just did, uh, we just did a seven day, uh, master cleanse. And, um, so we incorporate that. We really try to live a fasted life and a really a life of detox. So we're always doing certain things to help, um, really eliminate, um, or minimize our toxic load. Awesome. What about you, Dr. Eric? You know, that was a perfect babe. That was, I mean, <laughs> the, the thing that I want to add to that, the only thing I can add to that is more of the spiritual component where the book of Chronicles says, if my people, God says, if my people who are called by my name, they humble themselves and pray, they seek my face and turn from their sin, I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. I don't know of any other way to truly humble myself. Of course, you could fall on your knees and lift up your head and hands to God and, you know, mm-hmm. prayer. 
Yet, if you really want to be humbled and know your true humanity and your weakness, mm. you don't eat for a, you, you skip a couple meals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you That's really true. want to test it, like we, we didn't eat food for a week. And yeah, we had some juice and some other things like a liquid deal that still humbles yourself. And you essentially get free from this earth suit and you get in the spirit mm. and you start to commune with God on a deeper way. And we know fasting was part of the Tanakh, the Old Testament, since the beginning of ancient scripture, it was just a way. But there's, there's, there's very interesting things that happen is that you, you cry out to God more. You have mm-hmm. more time to pray and you have more time because you're not eating. You have more time to worship and you're, you're more focused and God does things like forgive your sin, heal your land. And what is your land? Uh, are you on the verge of a divorce? Is your company business about to go bankrupt? Are you overweight? Are you sick? Your, your loved one, like we just found out another one in our family, another one just diagnosed with malignant cancer. Their land is sick. Their land needs mm-hmm. healing. And so for me, whenever I look at this health aspect in, in our book, The Essential Oils Diet, we encourage people just don't do this for vain reasons to look better mm-hmm. and to feel better even do it like daniel did in the book of daniel for god to fast away from the things like i'm not tempted to consume sugar anymore i'm not tempted like i'm not tempted to smoke cigarettes anymore i'm not tempted to get a case of beer and get drunk anymore i'm not tempted to do that stuff in the same way we look at this that's what sabrina means by the fasted lifestyle is mm-hmm. is that's something that honors god and you know what the bible says you honor god he'll honor you next thing you know i kid you not our marriage starts thriving our kids are doing better at school you know less craziness happens at us our our business starts to excel it's like oh this is the abundant life that god was trying to tell us about you so know talk to us Go ahead, Sabrina. Um, And one other thing, too, is that it opens your eyes. And the very first time when I did that fast, it opens your eyes to how much is is revolving around food. Mm. And and so what, what it really showed me was that, you know, at church, when people would then go out to eat after church all the time, um, once being away from it, then I didn't go back to that because I knew that I couldn't really eat out anywhere because every place made me sick. And I, and again, I, at that time I didn't know what all it was that did, but what I would then do is schedule fellowship at my house and, and then I would make a lot of different things and have people come over and then change the culture. So it wasn't always eating out, eating out, eating out. It was more about fellowship and then food was secondary to that. Right. So talk to us about what you guys eat. Like what is the day in the life of your eating look like? Like what did you eat yesterday, Dr. Eric? And what did you eat, Sabrina? Well, we're still transitioning off of our cleanse. So we had uh, we had made homemade uh, vegetable broth. And so, of course, well, how about a typical day? A, oh, a typical, yeah, a typical day, day, a typical day. Um, I'll usually do a super green shake for breakfast or one of our fat burning matcha lattes. And uh, we we love um, to do our super green shake. When we do it, we change it up all the time. So we'll add different things. Dr. Z will throw a full lemon in his shake and a, and a beet and all of 
this kind of stuff. And, you know, I vary mine as well. And then usually for lunch, um, I will do um, either a nice salad and I will make either a, a tuna salad or I'll do like, I do a special kind of like hard cooked egg type thing. And again, this is another thing. If you are buying your eggs at a big box store that says organic, it doesn't necessarily mean they're good. And you need to look at how your body responds to those things because you have gas and bloating every t single time you eat it, then it might be the things that they're feeding those animals. So it's really important to find a good local supplier that you can actually talk to the people or better yet have chickens of your own, <laughs> you know? Um, but I, I also like to do stuff like that. I do a lot of um, egg omelets because I really enjoy that. But honestly, a really good salad with um, an avocado cut up on top and all, all different kinds of um, nuts and I'll put in different kind of dark berries or I'll put pesto on it or a good quality olive oil and vinegar. I, honestly, that's all I need for lunch. And then dinner, what we try to teach people and what we do at our house is each day is like a themed day. So we do like a breakfast dinner on Monday. We'll do um, salmon or tuna on Tuesday. Like a breakfast dinner meaning like our healthy nut pancakes yeah, or, or waffles that the yep. kids like. Yep. And so we do fun things like that and we want to incorporate that or we'll do like a quiche or a crustless quiche. And, um, and then, you know, each night has its own theme and, you know, we do make, um, pizza on Fridays. So we either make our own dough, we'll do a cauliflower crusted pizza, or we'll do an almond flour crusted pizza, but then it gives the kids a chance to pick out different toppings. And subsequently, the night before, because we usually have nut tacos or avocado tacos, or we'll mix it up, um, we'll have a taco tray that has all these ingredients that we use in the tacos. So the best way to utilize your leftovers is include them in the next meal. So we'll either put some of those toppings on that pizza or put those toppings on a salad. But we, we try to do that so that there's a lot of variation every, in every single day that we can do. But then um, by doing that, the kids kind of know what they can expect for that day and they know kind of what our options are, but it keeps it varied all the time because just like we don't go to the gym and do the exact same weights and the exact same workout every single day, we want to mix up our food. We want to mix up our essential oils. We want it to all have its effectiveness with our bodies. Hey guys, we absolutely love getting your questions into the podcast, but we're also interested in your journey. So if you've started intermittent fasting and have some success or even struggling a little bit, we want to hear about it. Email me your intermittent fasting stories to Chantel at ChantelRayWay.com. Now back to the show. Awesome. Well, let's jump right into the questions. This first one is funny. It's from Amanda in Washington. She says, I've replaced most of my medicine cabinet with essential oils except for my blood pressure meds. I'm not quite ready to wean myself off those yet. When I told my doctor I was taking essential oils along with this prescription, he flipped a lid. He said, this is very dangerous to mix essential oils with prescription meds. How do I know which is he, she says, is my doctor being an oil hater or is there some truth to this? How can I know which oils are safe to mix with and which ones are not? Yeah, that's a very good question. <laughs> and yeah, your doctor is 
uneducated on how to use essential oils by virtue of medical school doesn't even mention them. And so your doctor would have to be trained in aromatherapy or work with a pharmacist who has been. So in the nutshell, there's a fear-based factor. And so, yes, there are known drug interactions. And for example, blood pressure medication, you need to stay away from rosemary. That's been shown to increase blood pressure, but a lot of oils have helped and shown to help blood pressure like lemon balm, melissa, or lavender, and several other oils that can help you. Cumin oil can help lower and balance blood pressure. So my recommendation, really, if you are on the essential oil lifestyle, and if you wanna do things naturally, find a new doctor that <laughs> is more educated and that's open and that can help you. And also, skip the doctor, go to the pharmacist. I mean, at the end of the day, hopefully you have a just a pharmacist who understands how things work. But yeah, there are known drug interactions. And so the other question is, how do I know? You know, people go to certification school and spend hundreds and hundreds of hours on this. Like this, this is now a medical type of training that I personally have taken and I've gone through and we did the master class, we wrote the books and you, you gotta learn. I mean, if you really, really wanna dive deep, you can become an aromatherapist, but who has time for that? Like who really wants to do that? So I would recommend um, taking our master class. We have an essential oils for abundant living master class. You could sign up and get for free and see what it's like. And if you buy it, you get my chemistry and safety guidebook that lists out all known drug interactions like um, um, Coumadin, blood thinners, like you don't want to use clove, like that could cause you to have internal hemorrhaging. Like people don't realize that kind of stuff, but there are very few in a nutshell, in a, essentially very few known drug interactions, but they do exist. Um, but it's also common sense too. I mean, you were not drinking a bottle of essential oils, a dab here, a dab there, the Mama Z you know, shampoo recipe is one thing, putting a drop of cilantro in your guacamole, that's not gonna hurt you. Um, but one thing too, I wanna end with this because this is a big one, um, grapefruit. People been told many times you can't consume grapefruit because it could interact with your, your heart disease medication, only the fruit. So the actual fruit, the juice is contraindicated, but not the oil because the oil is extracted from the rind and the chemical that's contraindicated with the medication doesn't exist in the essential oil. So people can Ooh. go and then consume grapefruit oil, can flavor their water with grapefruit oil. They could inhale it through the diffuser and they could apply it topically. And it's part of our diet program it by is. design because we want to give people freedom again. And that's essential oil freedom. So there's a lot of fear in that. And doctors don't know. They're like all forms of grapefruit. No, yeah, grapefruit. But what about grapefruit rind? And that's just the little thing that they just don't understand about plant-based chemistry. So just things like that. And uh, yeah. Okay, Jessica in Northern Virginia. I can't believe how expensive some of these essential oils can be. I've compared prices of some of the major brands with things I found at the local TJ Maxx, and some of them are half of the price. Is it safe to use these less expensive oils? What should I be looking for on the labels of the oils that I buy? Jessica in Northern Virginia. Yeah, go back to the article that we wrote about how to choose a brand. So go to naturallivingfamily.com, type up, choose a brand, and it'll help you. I mean, there's, there's you know, 
somewhat out of the scope of this interview, it, it could get intense. It could get a little, if you're looking to use essential oils for your medicine, like some people do, like they're treating cancer because chemotherapy didn't work. Like this is serious. Um, but for the, by and large, most of the big box stores aren't selling pure unadulterated essential oils. You got to go through a private supplier and don't go to Amazon to get your essential oils. Um, they are expensive by design because it could take a lot of plant matter like 35 pounds of lavender to get one itty bitty bottle of lavender like it's a lot of stuff but you also only need a drop or two at a time so you think of it in that terms um a bottle will last you a long time if you're gonna have you know rose and jasmine and neroli but for some people depending on their conditions that could be just the oil that they need and so it's really important to make sure you're building up your um, medicine cabinet so that you do have some of those things that you can utilize um, at your fingertips. Even though you're not going to use it um, very often, it will last you quite a while. Yeah, put this in the context. Look at the copays that you're paying on the pharmaceuticals that you're consuming. About the same amount of money, if not more, than the essential oil bottle that you're Mm -hmm. buying. And also, we all hear it, but it's pretty expensive to be sick. I mean, at the end of the day, um, there are companies that will provide insurance and reimbursement, and we belong to Samaritan Ministries, which is a Christian MedShare program. If we get diagnosed with anything, and if a doctor recommends it, they'll cover our essential oils. And Sabrina had her entire home birth covered with essential oils and chiropractic care. Blue Cross and Aetna wouldn't cover that. Mm -mm. So, you know, forget insurance. We're done with the health insurance. So what is name, tell the name of that for everyone again. It's Samaritan Ministries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so there are various MedShare programs, um, multiple Christian ones, and they're secular now that the government opened up. And it's a loophole as well for um, business owners who don't have health insurance. That's how you get out of the penalty of not having health insurance. And so um, there's some tax benefits to that as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm done with health insurance forever. It's a waste of time and money. And, oh, you know what, Mama Z? Oh, I got to go pick up the kids. We're having a Mama Z moment. Okay, all right. Yeah, I can hang out for just a minute too, but yeah. Absolutely. Well, it was such a pleasure connecting with your tribe. And um, do you have any last questions for me? Um, I think that's good. I've just got three quick questions for Dr. Z. And thanks for joining us today. Yes, many blessings. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So this I love next- our natural living family. We're as real as you get, y'all. <laughs> this is how we do things in the Z household. That's right. So this next one's from Laura in Pittsburgh. She says, from what I understand, I need to dilute different oils with different amounts of carrier oil. And then additionally, I need to dilute them differently for myself and my husband, then for my kids. Does it really matter which part of the body I'm applying the oil when I dilute? This is also complicated. Can you please simplify? Yes, yes, and yes. And I mean, please, y'all, it's not a sales pitch. You got to get the book. It's all in there. It's there's charts. You got to you got to think of it. No one's going to go to Rite Aid in the pharmacy and just get an over the counter sleep med and take a half a dozen pills just because they want to. They're going to read the instructions. Mm -hmm. So you got to know the instructions. And yes, children and adults. Um, it all, it's all different and you want to dilute. We talked about that a little bit earlier about sensitization. You don't want to cause any allergic reactions. Um, it's really simple though. I mean, in, in a nutshell, if you want to stick with some general safe, um, requirements for adults, it's 2% dilution, which means 2% of the, of the mixture consume is 
essential oil. So just 2%. So if you're using um, a one ounce amount of carrier oil, 2% of one ounce would be roughly 12 drops. So, you know, you got 600 drops in an ounce times that by 2%, 12. So it's kind of like that simple math where children, you drop to 1%. So it'll be six drops of essential oil per one ounce of carrier oil in total, no more than six drops. So you got to make your blends and you got to have your individual, like that's the general safe requirement for children, um, generally over one years old. Under one, be careful. And we talk about that in my book too. Um, but yeah, it, it is really simple once you have that basic stuff down. But yeah, if you're trying to treat something, follow the recipes that we give you. Like these are proven and these are safe and everything from psoriasis to eczema, um, where you apply them. That's a really, really good question. I cover that in my first book, um, the healing power of essential oils. Research has shown that there are certain parts of the body. Like there are uh, a tran there are um, dermal patch. I'm, I'm just thinking about dermal patches like tobacco, right? When you're trying to be free of nicotine, the nicotine patch they recommend on certain parts of the body because those parts are more permeable, right? You're not putting the nicotine patch on your foot because it's really the least permeable part of your body because of the skin and because of the calluses and just because of the lack of vascularity. You want a, an area that has a lot of blood flow. So I like putting oils over my abdomen and on my chest, my back of my neck for like since uh, for systemic things. Like if you're trying to balance blood sugar or lose weight, um, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, that's where you really want to apply them because it's it's an area where it's not overly sensitive. Like the, the most permeable parts of your body are the obvious sensitive parts of your body, like your genitalia, your underarms. Well, who's going to want to put oils there, right? So you think, right? You think about that stuff. So there's a balance um, and it all depends on what you're trying to treat too, right? Trying to treat chronic disease, trying to treat local issues. Um, it does take a little bit of time and a little bit of research, but you know, you get the books we write, you'll follow our, the guidelines in the master class. We have a ton of stuff on our blog. Um, you, you'll get it. I mean, it'll make sense. Awesome. This is from Anonymous. Pork is one of my favorite meats. I'm a big fan of pork chop. And who could forget bacon? My friend gave me a pretty interesting argument against pork, saying it's unclean and I shouldn't eat it. I crave pork. <laughs> How would you respond to people that say it's unclean? Should I consider cutting it out? Anonymous. Uh, and you know, you said it, you crave it. Like there's an addictive aspect to it. Um, God knows what he was doing. And, and even though we don't abide by the book of Leviticus, you know, um, I'm not going to stone somebody, right? Uh, there's a reason God said don't consume pork. It's a very unclean animal. The, the lack of perspiration, the lack of natural lymphatic flow and detoxification in the pork, in the pig, the, the sheer amount of trash and lack of discrepancy the swine have in what they consume. You're eating all that. Yeah. Pork. Not only that, they're a haven for parasites, bacteria, fungus. Yes. Like they're disgusting. And so I haven't consumed pork in 15 years. And I did it because of biblical reasons. God said it. I was like, okay, I could do that. Like, you know, same thing with catfish. Same thing with lobsters. Like these are the bottom feeders. They consume the trash of the world. Okay, you want to eat fish poop all day long, then eat a lobster. That's really what you're getting. Very void in nutrition, by the way. Mm. They're not filled with nutrients. It's very void. Yeah, high in protein, low in fat. Okay, but it's not worth the toxicity. I'd rather have a nice 
wild caught um, salmon. I agree. I think the parasites is the the biggest thing. Like I just kind of visualize like, you know, when I like look at bacon, I literally am like, that is ridden with parasites. No, thank you. It's gross. All right. This next one is Myra in Georgia. I travel a ton for work and I have the hardest time staying on track when I'm eating out. I don't drink alcohol. I'm usually alone on my travel. So food is kind of my thing. Even though I'm super strict with fasting and eating clean when I'm home, when I'm out and out of town, I'm always taking two steps back when I travel. Any good tips for when I'm traveling and eating out? Oh, I'm so glad. We actually have an entire section of the book devoted to that. Like our book is divided into two programs. This like quick um, boot camp 30 days that's just pretty intense. It's going to get you where you want to get quick. And then a lifestyle phase, which is designed for the rest of your life, which includes birthdays and holidays. And oh, I'm my wife's or my, my kids getting married. And um, what do I do when I travel? Right. So we have a whole list of things. And you know what? Proper planning prevents poor performance, the bottom line. And if you struggle with certain things, make sure you bring the healthy snacks that you need for a crunch so you're not going to binge eat or, or be tempted. But you know, it, it all to me, it boils down to conviction and the determination that you will do what you need to do. Can't tell you how many times I find I'll take an Uber or something. I'll go to the local Whole Foods or natural health food store and I'll get something from the salad bar if I can't find a good healthy restaurant. Um, there are a lot of options out there. Mediterranean restaurants are typically clean. They're really good. They have a lot of vegetables and um, you know good rice and just general things. Like again, you don't have to like throw out the baby with the bathwater. We went to, we were at Legoland and all they had was a um, a Ruby Tuesday. I mean, like I was hungry. What am I going to do? So, <laughs> you know, Ruby Tuesday is pretty good. They have some decent salads. And as far as I know, they're one of the few chains that don't spray their salads, which is a big deal because a lot of these chains spray their, their salad bars because they want to have these things last. But, you know, I, I'll do things. And I will say, like, I will get – I'll, I'll just load up on veggies. Like at Ruby Tuesday is what I did. I got a big salad and I got a side baked potato with some sweet potato stuff, some steamed broccoli. Like it, it's, it's living to eat, not eating to live or eating to live or not living to eat, right? So you have to make that yeah. decision. Um, but, you know, and enjoy things. And then it, you look for things though. Bring the things that you need. Look for ways that you could treat yourself because I think we have this mentality, oh, I'm on vacation, I can cheat. I was raised with that mentality. Like, oh, we're on vacation. Anything's open, right? No, 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 no. Mm. And, and if you're really in that belief system that you reap what you sow, you will not lose track at all. So we have an exciting thing that Dr. Z is giving away. We're getting five lucky winners. What do they get, Dr. Z? They get unlimited digital access to our essential oils for abundant living masterclass, which will teach you has all the videos and the notes and the chemistry and safety guides, all the things that you need to know how to learn how to use essential oils. And you get that for free. That's a $77 oh, wow. value. You want to bless five of you and you'll be aromatherapy experts by the time you go through our course. You're going to love it. That's so generous. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, you're welcome. No problem. I love it. Well, if you have not been to DrEricZ.com, there's a reason why they've reached over 6 million visitors that go there all the time. So you've got to get it. And his new book, The Essential Oils Diet, and you ha if you haven't picked up his first book, The Healing Power of Essential Oils, you've got to do it. Thank you so much for coming back on our show. 
Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. And congratulations on your new book too and all your awesome adventures. Thank it's you. awesome. You grow so quickly. All right. Well, have a great one. We appreciate you. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to chantelrayway.com slash coaching. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.